What's up, everybody? Jeffrey Lyles. You are rocking with Lyles Movie Files. It is Lyles and Lyles tonight. What's up, little brother? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I have so much. I'm not even sure if I can talk about this embargo movie that I watched today, so I'm not going to... <laughs> I just say that if you can read between the lines of my shirt, maybe you have an idea of what I saw. So, yeah, for everybody listening on the podcast, this clue helps not even a little bit. But yeah, so we've had a lot of stuff going on. We've had we've got Bad Batch wrapped up. We've got the CW verse kicking off with their good shows. I feel like we're in that special place where we've got all the good DC shows on right now for a moment. Now we're about to go south as other shows come back. I see you, Supergirl. And there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about because you and I, we have been talking about it for a long time. We're finally going to talk about the, the reality show that I managed to sucker you into watching. Not Big Brother, but the other one. So yeah, we have so much to talk about. Let's just get going. But how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. In almost end of the week. Yeah. Have a good video for us. Perfect. All right. So you told me, hey, have you watched the Eternals trailer? And I told you, no, I hadn't seen it because it's a Marvel thing. And it's like, yeah, it's Marvel. But I got to admit that I'm kind of like, eh, do I care about the Eternals? Is it a thing with me and them? Am I interested in these guys? But you know, it's one of those things that is Marvel. So even 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 if it's something I have like super low expectations for, I'm gonna watch it and more than likely going to like it. So this new trailer that I did watch right before we started recording, very good. This this was kind of what I wanted to see from that first one, where it's like, why do we care about these people? We've been around since before. Well, why have we never seen it? That's gonna be the tricky thing with Marvel as they start to introduce new characters who probably should have been around. And, and, you know, just because of logistics, you know, couldn't have fought Thanos. But everyone's going to have to answer that question. So how do you think that's going to play out just in general with all these new characters? I thought it was interesting because they actually, I mean, like, they actually asked, like, the, uh, I think Moon Knight actually asked the question. Like, no, not, not oh, Moon Knight. Black Knight. Knight. Oh, Black Knight. He asked the questions like, uh, you guys were around. Why didn't you, why didn't you fight Thanos? It's like, Good question. Yeah. Especially since he wiped out half the universe population. Like, maybe stop him before he gets all the Infinity Gauntlets. <laughs> I mean, all the Infinity Stones. You know, you guys have probably been had the same kind of lifespan. Shouldn't be an issue here. I, hey, I, I, hey, well, I like the fact that you asked the question. They, in the trailer, they asked the question we want to know. And actually, the, the trailer actually having some action, even though I don't know who they're actually fighting it's just like oh this isn't going to be some because i can't even think physical thing <laughs> yeah it's like it's not i don't have to worry about like we'll be sitting at the kitchen table discussing superhero morality for two hours and then we get up and like yeah i think we solved it all right take care guys oh, yeah none of that we're gonna actually got some action so that was encouraging to see some fighting some laser blasts all that good stuff it's like I don't even know what the powers are. It's like okay, I'm cool. It's like this isn't as Gunner correctly uh, mentioned uh, every other time he talks about Iron Fist. He's like, oh, it looks like they'll actually put some effort into the action budget. So this is going. This should work. I know. I feel like he's going to be very disappointed not being able to come on this week and have 
Finn Jones is his dummy of the week for not wanting to train during Iron Fist. Was it the stunt trainer was like, he kind of put him on blast without putting him on full, hear ye, hear ye blast. Yeah, I was very much as like, uh, I was really happy when Colleen could actually come in there and had somebody who wanted to train four hours, you know, versus Finn Jones. Like, he's got 20 hours to, you know, study this script that really could have passed Anybody could have done the script and they could have just said cut, here's the line, versus the actual training would could make the show. Yeah. Yeah, especially for season one Iron Fist, because mm, that was real dodgy. That that whole first season was I think if I didn't like the second season and the introduction of the characters, I would just never watch the first season again. Outside of like the RZA directed episode. <laughs> I mean, honestly, have you really ever watched this first season again? I have not. But I haven't watched any of those shows again. It's just, and not because I dislike them. It's just, you know, like I always do with those Netflix shows. I watch, recap, write, recap, write, review. And it's just, it's a grind to kind of try to knock out 13 episodes really quick. I know everyone cares because, like, who cares, right? But, so then it makes me not want to rush back to do them. But those would be super easy episodes to binge for me. So I probably will, but I just haven't yet. Yeah, because like I, I, I just recently watched like season one of uh, Luke Cage. I'm just like, man, this was a good show. And it's like I'm most like, do I pick up season two? I'm like, no, no, I want space it out because there's only two seasons. So we we had to keep all this stuff uh, in house and send it all to Disney Plus. Yeah. So the interesting thing is. We were hearing all these rumors that half the cast of that Marvel Knights slash Defenders Netflix universe is going to be brought over to the Marvel Studios universe and Iron Fist and Luke Cage are going to be recast. I really did like Luke Cage and I really liked the episodes of Iron Fist when Luke Cage showed up and then most of season two. But it is going to be that weird thing, like watching Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man films, where it's like, it's it's two two movies that I like, but they're quickly eclipsed by a far superior take on Spider-Man. Yeah, I think, because those guys, like, if you ask the question, like, hey, why weren't you fighting Thanos? It's like, man, we, we had our own, we, we were trying to stop the crime in Hell's Kitchen and, you know, Uptown and Harlem. Like, we didn't have, to, if, if we didn't get wiped out of existence, like, we had our own street-level thing do so just recasting them i think it, it does actually work out because it's like hey kevin feige can now kind of shelter you you guys are now part of the marvel universe you will be part of street level stuff there will be potentially you'll be in a spider-man uh is part three like there's a whole lot of good we're like if i gotta lose finn jones and uh, michael coulter to have that happen uh, that's the sacrifice i'm willing to get to get john berenthal uh, Charlie Cox and potentially Christian Ritter. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair trade-off. I figure maybe we can find another bald black guy. Maybe we can act. Not Terry Crews though. Okay. That would that would be the end of the show right there. I'd be like, now I ain't watching that. Dancing Peck, Luke Cage. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have that visual. I'm just like, oh gosh. Uh, come on! Man. I feel like Terry Crews. I feel like Terry Crews would be the gold lame Tierra version of Power Man. Like that would be him. That that would be the version of Power Man that Terry Crews would do well. 
What you talking about, John Durkee? So, but Eternals. This this trailer has me excited, and Marvel is starting to get back into theaters. Uh, I think it's next weekend with the arrival of Shang-Chi, the legend, and the legend of the Ten Rings. Big movie for Marvel. It's This is the first superhero film starring an Asian lead, predominantly Asian cast. Big stuff. Hopefully it has just even close to the impact that Black Panther does for Asian uh, Asian viewers, Asian American viewers, Asian audiences, period. And, of course, the, the mainstream general populace, you know, the ones who also go to movies, too. Um... So what are your thoughts on this? This is going to be a this is going to be their first film where they're not doing that premiere access. We'll charge you thirty bucks, and you can watch it on Disney Plus right away. <laughs> You're already shaking your head because I, re- I mean this is really one I I mean I would have easily put down a thirty for. I was like if it was ever like you know hey. We do this, and and I think we were talking about this last year when we were, when they were mentioning the ideas. Like, I don't for some like because how Black Panther, you had this is an introduction of a character. He's already been in Civil War. Like a lot of other Marvel characters have a like. Oh, okay, I remember that dude. He's cool. This is the first like real origin one in a long time, and it's like I don't think you guys are gonna screw it up. But it's also very much like. I just don't see you guys getting the numbers you would being in theaters in a non-pandemic world. I think pandemic world, it's it, I, I, I almost, I, I really hope they make Black Widow money. I mean, in the U.S. That's really what I hope. I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see the movie, but I would so rather pay the $30 for the early access fee. I mean, for the early access movie. Some of my fellow critics we're like, yeah, I'm not going to the. I'm gonna. This is gonna be the first time I miss a Marvel screening because of this pandemic, and I'm worried because Shang Chi has some stuff working against it. Like you said, we got to see a very cool introduction to Black Panther. He was shoulder to shoulder with Iron Man, Black Widow, Vision, um, oh, not Hawkeye. But I mean, yeah. you know, big time players. And then he's fighting Captain America, Giant Man. You know, he's looking like, oh, shoot, this guy's a real player. And he has his own individual moments in Civil War with Cap, Iron Man, Black Widow, Zemo. And, you know, he's doing his thing. So when it comes time for, hey, we got a Black Panther movie. Oh, yes. Because this is going to be cool. But they don't have to spend a lot of time introducing us to T'Challa they don't have to do that and you know that that changes it and I think a lot of these films are going to be in this weird position because I think Shang-Chi is basically the first film that we can kind of look at is kickstarting this next phase I kind of feel like Black Widow is an interlude piece where hey if you were curious this is what was going on you're not going to miss anything. There's nothing pivotal to the story if you skip Black Widow. But Shang-Chi is going to be, and I, I'm, I'm really going to just study YouTube pronunciation so I can get this right next time. 
So I don't keep butchering the boy's name. <laughs> I'm going out his name. Um, but yeah, I, I th I'm very curious. So we don't have, you know, all these, these all these films building up to Shang-Chi. And it's just him. So it's like, kind of like an Iron Man back in 2008 where we had no expectations. Yeah, but here's the other, I mean, like, I wonder if you kind of, if they, in the early part of the film, I mean, and I'm almost wondering why they didn't do this for, like, kind of the trailer, is mention that, I don't know if it was, like, a deleted scene of uh, Iron Man 3, where they basically, like, um, the guy who's faking like he is the Mandarin, gets a message from the Mandarin, like, keep, keep my name out of your mouth. And it's like, I think almost if they had put that in there or somehow like, hey, this guy had, I mean, at least the bad guy has been introduced, that he is somebody to fear. And it would be like, oh, okay. All right. I kind of remember the Mandarin. Okay. Oh, this is building to this part of the story. The other side, I think that, I think that would have helped you know, a little bit. And I, that That's a good point. They could have drawn a few links from, you only thought you knew the story of the Ten Rings in Iron Man. Now, meet the real force behind. Yeah, that that could have worked. Yeah, okay. I'm hoping it does well, but I'm also hoping that this is not some deal where, oh, this didn't make 180 million. It's a flop. We can't do anything else with Shang Chi. I feel like everything in pandemic era needs that big asterisk of, we don't know how it would do because it's a global pandemic going on and people are still reluctant to go to theaters. I mean, again, add in the factors like uh, this new Delta variant is scaring not just the people who are vaccinated, I mean, like not vaccinated. This, people are vaccinated like, oh, even I'm curtailing stuff like we here in Maryland, we're now starting, hey, you, you want to go anything indoor, you got to mask up. Just in general, it's like you don't have that kind of flexibility anymore it's like now hey do you want to sit in the movie for two hours being masked up with somebody you don't know what their deal is next to you it's like that is I, th I think it's almost like it's almost it's kind of reckless on Marvel to not delay the movie it's like yo I know we done all this promotion but this is way too many potential grenades in front of this movie to succeed it's I, I don't like it I don't either I feel like premiere access for this one would be more telling than it was for Black Widow. And then I think if this does less than Black Widow, then you go, okay, maybe Eternals is the film that we put in theaters, because that's not scheduled till November, December anyway. Hopefully things will have changed so people are back to movies. Probably not at this rate. Um, but the tricky thing is, man, two hours wearing a mask when... You know, people who've been home are just like, I don't want to do anything with a mask on for two hours. <laughs> Let alone watch a movie. It's counterintuitive. Honestly, for 40 minutes, you're like, okay, this is... I, I got to get my sneak breath in here and fake like I'm eating food. Or buy food so I can sneak it. Funny thing. So, movie theater that I, that I would catch a lot of these screenings, I was prepared because I was going to see a two-hour movie today. I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm wide awake for this thing the entire time. And I'm going to go get a Coke from the vending machine or the concession stand. They switched over to Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> go Moss. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Bro, honestly, it was like when we went to, what was it, uh, a place in Baltimore when their concession stand was actually down, and we're just like, oh, well, I can't, like, you don't have anything to have, and it's like... Yeah, where's the stuff in the, in the fridge section? But, yeah, oh, that was bad. It, it was bad. No one cares about my drinking my soda slash pop preferences, but I just wanted to put it out there in case people did, or Coke wants to sponsor us for an episode. <laughs> All right, so next up, we have the What If episode from this week. I told you before, I've watched the first three, so I'm not going to spoil them until we get into them. But this second episode was T'Challa. Uh, what if he became Star-Lord? And gosh, I wanted so much more of this. I think this was such a cool way to do it that shows just how much stuff could change with one instance. What did you think about this episode? I mean, it just it shook up so many things about what you may have thought with T'Challa being Star-Lord. I think when you talked you talked about this last week, where you were saying, hey, this Peggy Carter is Captain Carter is just a one small detail. And it kind of, oh, okay, I can totally see that. This episode with T'Challa is Star-Lord. It's like, it's not some small, almost linear, I can, oh, I can see that. This one much more had like, universal impact on their what if it was if T'Challa becomes Star-Lord the Ravagers aren't stealing any more kids they're actually a force for good they become a Robin Hood uh, because T'Challa has been raised in it like hey no we don't do that and he's smarter than uh, Yondu so he can have a logical like nah we can make more money and do other things versus you know being the Ravagers and the, the universe will actually love us more Yeah, we'll be beloved and they even get even Thanos to, to put aside his whole genocidal plan and like, nah, I'll sign up with you because your idea makes a lot more sense. And even to have Josh Brolin actually doing uh, Thanos, like, yeah, I totally agree with you. It was like, I, I can't be mad at y'all for doing this. That was the, to have that as the second um, what if and having almost if 95% to 99.2% of the original Guardians class. And, I mean, I mean, they even had, you know, T'Challa's father. It was like, come on, y'all, y'all, this is an embarrassment of riches on this Taser episode. Taser face. It's like, and even, yeah. Taser face, like, you got him? Really? Yeah, you like, get throwing hmm. Kurt Russell. It's like, wow, this is, you guys went all out for it. And I think that is what's making What Is So Special, because they could get people that sound like the actors, and that would be fine, but it just seems like that extra step of getting the actual voice cast, or the cast from the films doing the voice work is just like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. They got him too. Oh, that's great. Oh, she's in it? That's amazing. Love it. Yeah. And it was fun, like, seeing, like, sometimes it's like, if you see the credits before an episode starts, you're like, oh, they're in there. But these, and what if, it's so much cooler. You're like, oh, you got, oh, you got, you got uh, Nebula? Really? Like, I mean, it was just like, oh, my gosh, I got everybody. It's like, Kurt Russell? Of course I got Kurt Russell, to, you know. That was to, something to, that to, killed me on the Arrowverse shows, because the majority of the time they wouldn't have the guest star show up before they start rolling the credits. So it's like, uh, what do you mean Grant Gustin showing up in this episode? He's not here. Oh, I guess the flash is showing up. And it's like, ah, it'd been so much cooler to actually see him before you spoil it. But yeah, I love that they wait until the end. And I thought the dedication to Chadwick Boseman was so cool. And, you know, it, 
gosh. I think his his death and Paul Walker's is probably still the toughest celebrity, you know, acting wise deaths because it just seemed like there was so much more we were gonna get from those two actors. In in Chadwick Boseman's case, probably more Oscar nominated, more Oscar wins in his career. And Paul Walker we probably still have we'd have Fast and Furious 17 on the deck and I would still be excited and like who cares keep them coming I mean you think about it like the fact that they brought I mean just going to Paul Walker's story it's like Mia came back in the last one and it was like they didn't miss a beat but it was like oh man Brian can't be in this thing oh man but but then you think about how what's going to happen with Black Panther it's like Black Panther is Wakanda world and you're just like no I I mean it's, it's definitely it's like as a fan of Marvel Universe, I do feel like we were just cheated out of uh, great, uh, great performances from Chadwick Boseman. I know, because the ones that we got from him were so good, and it was just like, dude, I can't wait to see this new era of the Avengers with Sam Wilson as Captain America, Bucky, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Ant-Man and Wasp. I mean, it was just like, it was really exciting. It's like, ah, this blows so hard. Um, But speaking of World of Wakanda, we got some news today. And we're going to see Ironheart make her debut. Riri Williams is going to show up in World of Wakanda. That's going to be her debut before her Disney Plus series. Thoughts on that? I am not familiar with Riri Williams. I know she makes the Ironheart suit. Um, it's like age so 13. So basically she's a super genius. And she, you know, there's a voice, no Iron Man around because Tony Stark is dead for one of those 50th times they decide to kill him off because we've got no other great comic book ideas. Let's kill the character off because that always works so amazingly. And so she kind of does her solo thing for a while. Then she joins up with the champions, Kamala Khan, Miles Morales, Nova, Hulk. Um, she's a good good addition to the team. And with Miss Marvel getting her own show on Disney Plus, I'm curious if they'll keep going and give us a champion series. And if so, how soon before we see Miles Morales? Because I feel like he's going to be a priority if he is not under the Sony banner. I would say if. I would be very surprised if we don't see Miles Morales in the next Spider-Man movie. Maybe. <laughs> like, that's, I, and I mean, I, we've listened, I mean, we've read 9,000 rumors on who's going to be there and who's there, who's filming. And somebody who's an under-the-radar Af- African-American actor <laughs> just slide in and say, oh, 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 he must be an extra. It's like, no, nah, I'm Miles Morales, but I, can, uh, I don't even know because we haven't broadcast. I couldn't say anything. I was sworn to secrecy yeah. they're going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's so, exciting. You know? And I think having like the younger, especially now that the phase one guys are out, you it is a good idea to repopulate them with the newer Marvel characters that are actually part of your universe in the comic book. So it's like, so the champ, like you said, the champions having those guys actually starting out in the uh, TV shows and then like, okay, hey, you guys are going to be in uh, Captain uh, the Marvels uh, in some of these other movies. It's like, yeah, that's the good, a great way to start them off. I am hoping 
and this is going to be one of those deals where I'm going to be, oh man, they missed a great opportunity to do this, you know, that that typical online guy that my idea was so great and they're terrible because they didn't do it. But I would love to see them do the um, Thunderbolts and have Baron Zemo become Citizen V and lead a team with U.S. Agent Yelena, um, maybe White Vision, and proclaim themselves as the new Avengers or the Thunderbolts or the new Avengers, whichever way they want to go with it, because I'm on board with either way. And then Sam and his crew of Avengers being like, what are y'all talking about? Y'all are some liars and villains. And it just comes to a head because I, I want to see that. Uh, Jeff, you, you did see that they uh, actually officially uh, Anthony Mackie is Captain well, America. Well, for... well, I'm just going to get to that news item uh, and, and reveal to the world something that I'm sure no one understood that. Anthony Mackie, yes, is coming back as Captain America for Captain America 4. Now, that would have been shocking. That would have been more news if he was like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, but, so well, I mean, but that's, I think that they were starting to almost set that up at the end of Black Widow and at the end of um, Captain America and the Winter Soldiers. Like, they're, they set that up. And then you can elevate that to movie form. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, if you watch it, you can easily see these are the bad guys and go from there. And then, yeah. once again, I remind you, this is Captain America. And he's, you know, there is no U.S. Yeah. agent or Captain America. Yeah, because I feel like we probably need to populate just a few more anti-Avengers or sort of Avenger villains. But I, I'm I'm excited about where they can go with that. So, yeah. And, you know, maybe put She-Hulk in the mix with, with Sam's Avenger Squad. Hopefully we get some representative from Wakanda. I don't necessarily... I, I, know, I know the popular thought is, let's make sure he's Black Panther. But I think it's important to have a black dude as Black Panther. Because Black Panther is one of the few primary black characters in the Marvel Universe. And we have... Um, Monica Rambo, we have Riri Williams, we have Okoye, um, we're going to have Storm soon, so we're going to have some very prominent black female characters, and I just don't want to take away from T'Challa slash Black Panther. Hopefully they can fix this with, or fix it, make some kind of way around it with Doctor Strange. Okay, but let me, let me play the other side, side on this one. It's like, now that you have a black Captain America as a the head of the Avengers, like do you need a yes. another <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> I, I I just wanted you I wanted you to clear, clear I know that was probably your answer, but I wanted to like, kinda as I think you said as a primary character because like he's not taking he's not filling someone else's role. He's yes. Black he Panther. Right. And you know, no one thinks that's weird to have Steve Rogers, Thor, Tony Stark next to each other, but it, then it comes this weird thing of, I don't know, can we have Sam Wilson on Black Panther? <laughs> where are my pearls to clutch? Yes. So we Bro. we can have more than one. And, and while we're at it, throw in Rhodey so we can have War Machine in there too. Let's just break everybody's, break the internet. Let's, oh let's go gosh. all over. Yeah. A pearl? I need to clutch them. Where, where are they? 
Alright, so now now let's go on to another show. We're moving away. We're still staying on Disney Plus. But we're gonna go with the season finale of the Bad Batch. I feel like I can talk for like forty minutes to two hours about my reasons for not loving the show. I will put it down to the two sentences. I feel like we were sold a bill of goods on the Bad Batch getting their featured show based off of their appearance on the Clone Wars. Um, they were this cool squad. You warned me when you saw the trailer. Hey, it looks like they've got a little kid with them. Little kids in, in cool action shows are never cool. And in no episode did I feel like Omega was cool. Explain to me why you're excited about Bad Batch Season 2, if you dare. Okay, so... I mean, we we talked about this yesterday uh, after watching the season finale, and I was very much like, "Hey, th- this was a lackluster season finale." It was, I co-signed with you 100. percent We we thought we were going to see Crosshair and the Bad Batch doing stuff, even if we didn't understand exactly what they could do. We were expecting cool in- exploits of the Bad Batch and why they were Clone Force 99 was away from everybody else during the Clone Wars. They could have you know, helped solve, you know, that whole pesky separatist problem early. But these guys were so much better, and they had to do their own thing. And now we got a, got a bunch of guys getting run, which we thought at the beginning was by a little kid who's never been off planet. Now it's an older kid who's older than the bad guys, who also has never been off planet and knows everything about the world, and which doesn't really make sense to I me. Mean, because in theory, she's been raised by the... Questionable morality <laughs> of the uh, Camonans. Uh, right, you're right because they are so shady, dicey, and we can't trust these dudes. Oh yeah, we knew there was an inhibitor chip in these things. We made that. I mean, the 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 the, the are perfect examples of Sith. They're like, hey, we got our own morals. Don't we? We're doing our own thing. Don't mess with us. But. I kind of, I, I went down a little rabbit hole today, and what I didn't think was cool at all at the end of the, end of the season, actually kind of, if this theory pans out, could be awesome. You go right on ahead. What's, what's that theory? Okay, so one of those things that we got from, uh, what is it, Mandalorian, was Ahsoka saying, hey... You know, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And we're like, okay, cool. Y'all now put Thrawn in live action. Cool. Then something I, I forgot all about. It was like, cause, what, no, we, we all kind of, once you watch it, we're like, why are you guys doing a whole another cloning facility? But, Jeff, you should actually remember this a little bit. Remember that whole heir to the Empire there's actually a secret emperor-led cloning facility that's in a mountain. Mm. It actually is where you get um, the the rogue Jedi master and the clone of Luke Skywalker. Is that, that is Both? Is that his name? I've uh, been forever. Joris Hoboth. Okay. Something of that nature. Is He's kind of helping Luke out, or we think. And that happens. But that 
could lead to backdooring uh, heir to the empire back into canon. You know what? If if this leads to a series or a how would that work? Would could they do it as a trilogy or would it work just better as a series of heir to the empire? No, which you could, you could do it through. I mean, like uh, you'd have so- to do animated, of course. No, 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 no. You don't. You could do it through Ahsoka series. With, like you can do it have through the Luke Book of and, and Leia and... You could, you could have the rebel leaders and kind of them off camera doing the exact same thing. No, I wouldn't want camera. That's, that's why I'm like, I don't care. Make it a make it an <laughs> animated thing and just somebody that sounds like Luke, Leia, Han. Because that story was so freaking cool and it was like man this is one of the best star wars things they've ever done and thrawn was such a great different villain you had this jedi master and it's like who was the third villain with that triumvirate mary jane right i thought it was mary jane i wanted to be like that would be super wrong but yeah it was just like dude this is this is great and if we could just do that even if it's an animated series that runs for three seasons i would be so content as a star wars fan yeah. I, I I don't I is I I joke about it. I I think Star Wars is a very popular series and everybody loves it. But I don't think if you don't have those uh, I don't think if you have if you don't have the Thrawn trilogy to to help that next generation or just kind of keep the momentum. I don't now streaming on Redbox. Richard Dreyfuss and Mira Servano star in the action-packed thriller *Crime Story*. An ex-mob boss takes a deadly path of revenge when he and his family are targeted in a home invasion robbery. Stream *Crime Story* instantly on Redbox and on demand today. That's rated R from our friends at Paramount Pictures. You can get a free copy of *Crime Story*. All you got to do is hit me up on LylesMovieFiles at gmail.com and let me know why you want to see this movie. So check it out, Crime Story, today on Redbox. Now back to the show. You know what Star Wars is? I think it's probably on the level of Star Trek. And now there, it's like, and, and now Dave Filoni's like, hey, now that y'all kind of got out of my way, I, I was able to get thrown in here. I can kind of, and I can still keep your first order over here because technically, Thrawn, as they say, Thrawn was an imperial remnant without that name. And now you have Moff Gideon, who's also kind of in that imperial remnant category. It's like, so you still have it's like, hey. He can have everything we want. And y'all can still keep your first order mess. But we <laughs> give us air to the throne. Keep that air way the in the corner, in, in the in the dark well, basement. That's why I was like, okay, if I, can, if I can get that, if you guys are using the Bad Batch to make that happen, all is forgiven. Everyone else uses the Bad Batch. Most most importantly, Omega. Hey, you suckers. I want you to do this mission. I... I don't understand this heart of gold she has. She's based off of Jango Fett. What kindness has she ever learned from the Kaminoans that would make her care about people? Um, yeah, I, I would say here's another theory that can um, make you enjoy yourself, enjoy the character a lot more. She's the template for Ray's mom. 
<laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's see how that one falls. It's, it's a template for a crappy movie. <laughs> Done. <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's a metaphor for... Yeah, no, it's a metaphor for a crap movie. Yes, it's a, that, <laughs> that is the bad batch. I, um... I don't know. There, I had so many issues with this this season finale. They were just basically trying to escape this sunken Camino City, and Omega's trying to guilt trip Crosshair. Everybody's trying to be like, "Yo, dude, it's okay that you kill people, but we'll accept you back." And Crosshair's like, "No, I respect loyalty. You guys showed me none. Unlike the Empire, who bombed the city I was in." I thought we had dealt with that yesterday and we were going now I've come up to the happy version on why we can just ignore that um, <laughs> sorry just, sorry it, it's, it's still it's still fresh to me watching that whole episode just, <laughs> just trust me it, it was being like hey you know Crosshair you killed some refugees and all that but don't worry we're all, we're all buds again yeah sometimes then, friends just have a difference of opinion yeah, that was that was that lame stuff mess. I was like, all right, just don't do that. Like, if you want to redeem, say, his, his inhibitor chip, or are the inhibitor chips function amplified, you know, his sense of loyalty and you know the betrayal of the bad batch. You get, you got to give me that, and you can't just have that off camera. Just give me that, and then, oh, okay, I can have some sympathy for, you know, having him back because you made it so he's irredeemable, and now, hey, now he's gonna basically be sitting on a waterlogged planet. Where no one's going to be coming for him because guess what? They, the city that actually was the whole planet is now bombed, and the Empire doesn't care about that planet anymore. Maybe he'll just take one of those tubes and just paddle till he finds another place in Camino. Maybe. <laughs> he'll use his grappling hook to find some land. From the gun that the Bad Bash took from him, and no one carried when it was down in that city. Anyway. Alright, it's, uh, it's probably best to just keep moving. Moving right along. Alright. Stargirl Season 2 has started. Um, with Superman and Lois and Stargirl last year, it felt like, okay, now we've got some good DC shows on TV that we can rely on. The pandemic kind of delayed these shows. So it was like, oh, when are they coming back? Stargirl's pretty much right back. Right, like it never missed a beat. Even though it's on CW, it doesn't feel like there's this dramatic shift in the graphics. Special effects still look good. And it's a fun show. It's like such a refreshing breath of fresh air. It's just like, ah, it feels good. You know, like the characters are fun. Characters get excited about beating bad guys. And they have good fun jokes and so forth. What do you like so far about season two of Stargirl? Uh, I I like the like the fact like even when they're doing uh with Stripesy, uh like having uh Pat having some guy work on the robot and he's like yeah man I got it don't worry man it's like it, it was just like oh wow you don't have to be I mean it was very much like a show we might talk about later on it's like it doesn't have to be dark just because we got kids they don't have to be in, it's like even like Star Girl when she just randomly and I think the first episode uh. Just what was it? One of the bad guys' kids, like she whoops him on the floor, and like gets detention. It was like, oh, this was this could be something like high school. It doesn't have to be dark. It's fun. You laugh at stuff, and the characters are. I mean, I mean, they didn't add anybody new, so you don't have to worry about any continuity issues. It was not like you said. It was not the drop off of 
going from CBS to CW, the Bethel uh, Supergirl. And it was just like, oh, okay, you guys are, you guys are, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried anymore. I, I, I was, I don't have to worry. I, I, I watched way too much Supergirl and thought this, you guys are for this, and I don't have to worry about that. Of course, now we'll see the commercials for Supergirl, but yeah, these are probably the last four episodes of Supergirl. I'm not gonna be able to do it, guys. Can't I, do it. I think I might watch them just so I can close the book on Supergirl and just be like, all right, I watched the first one, reviewed most of it, and then I just tapped out because they made me. But I'm here for the end. I'm here for the home stretch, guys, just to make sure they close the casket and nail it shut. Um, but they did introduce somebody new in Stargirl. We've got Jade, Green Lantern's daughter, and she showed up and was super sweet. And it's so weird again, where it's a character who. They don't go the obvious cynical, I'm mad at the world, I'm a teenager, and I just hate everybody. She's like, oh, what can I do to help? I want to learn. And Pat, you're a legend. And everybody's like, I, you are? I am? That, I love that bit. And then when you, <laughs> then when you land up with, hey, what's the deal with that green llama chick? <laughs> green Lantern. This just, The show really makes me feel good because it's it's so different from everything else out there. And I think they really embrace being the fun superhero show. And it works so I, well. I, initially, I was kind of annoyed that they did not move Super, I mean, uh, Stargirl onto Earth Prime, whatever. But now I am so glad that it doesn't <laughs> have to get to like, hey, we're going to ignore the fact that these guys are here. We're just now they're just on their own world and we don't have to mention like, hey, do you want to call Barry? Who? Oh, nah, uh, I got to stop. Oops, <laughs> sorry. All right, well, you queued it up and you mentioned it, so let's talk about The Dark Show, <laughs> Titans Season 3. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, this sucker is dripping in Raven-era level of darkness. It's so bleak and hopeless, but for whatever reason, I'm still, like, glued and can't stop watching. All right, so this they start off with three episodes. The first one, Jason gets killed in, like, two minutes by the Joker. And um, the Titans are living their absolute best life in San Francisco. They have this great relationship with the police. The police are like, yay, Titans. They're not, we need to stop these criminal vigilantes for stopping crime in our community. Which I always hate. I think that is the worst trope in comic books and comic book TV shows. Like, um, if they're not around, who's stopping these guys? Or putting the heroes in prison. (laughs) Yeah, also. Great. Flash and Arrow. And so... We got these guys, they're doing their thing, and then Batman is, is like, yo, um, sorry, I, I messed up Dick. Dick's like, well, come on, man, help me out. And he pulls up this computer, and it's got Carrie Kelly, Duke Thomas, all Stephanie Brown. We've got all these potential backups. And he's like, yo, you want your Robin spot back? I've still got it. I've got your bedroom. It's right here, player. I got it for you. What you, what you think? It can be yours, Dick. All you got to do is say, I'm back in. Well, guilt trip, hey. Right. Just lost all your brother. Hey, you sure you don't want to come back? Come on back. I'll, I'll, I'll let that costume out so it'll fit you. <laughs> yeah, but then explain what happened after that. All right, so then the show got dark. I know you're not going to believe it, but the show got dark. And <laughs> Batman kills the Joker, comes into Dick's bedroom, and it's like, Super creepy anyways. No knock. He just opens the door, drops a crowbar. Yeah, bash his skull in. But I'm but yeah, he he knew that was gonna mess me up, so I gotta stop being Batman. I'm out of here. Gotham's yours. Go ahead and be a better Batman than I was, Dick. 
And Dick was like, dude, I was just dreaming about Starfire. All right, he didn't say that part. All right, so what do you think about this first episode? You know, funny thing is, like, in two parts of the... I don't even know what the heck this DC stuff is now. But two parts of DC has Batman peacing out on Gotham. It's like there's the only only Batman's that actually care about Gotham is Robert Pattinson. Everybody else is I'm I'm going I'm going to a beach, man. Y'all y'all work this out. Um, Are you talking about the Batwoman, I, Batman? Yeah, Batman. He beat he killed Joker too. He's out. It's like I'm done with it. It's like, listen, killing the Joker is like defeating the final boss, and I need to keep playing the game just to to find just to get 100. percent I'm good. I need to get expert percent. Nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. There's no more unlockables. I just beat the game. The credits are rolling. There's nothing here. No new costume. Nah. I'm out. I got this 16-bit Nintendo on a plane. Exactly. Um. But yeah, that was because um, you called me like, yeah, this thing is dark. I'm like, nah, man, it's Titans. It can't. It can get dark. Can get really and dark. and I, 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 I like season two. It still had the dark elements, but it seemed like it. It was kind of like, okay, these are the bad guys are the dark things and not the heroes. Kind of, you know, it's in Gotham, and you know, these these are bad guys. I mean, you gotta have you know a counterbalance to these really dark. I mean, bad guys. But it was like, it started off really dark. It's like, oh, even our heroes are kind of not as good as they used to be. I mean, one dude's like, hey, I need to figure out the next teenager who can take over because I don't trust the rest of you guys. And it's like, oh, and then I get tired. I'm just going to beat them. I'm just going to go to Arkham and beat the heck out of this dude. You know, rightfully so. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm now judge, jury, and execute. And it's like, Okay, and that's that's how we start episode one. It's like okay, yeah. and and some of that guilt trip was laid on him by Commissioner Barbara Gordon, who was like, "You and Joker keep doing this this thing," and she just lit into him. Was like, "She's Barbara," but we find out she has a reason because her father, the old Commissioner Gordon, died from a heart attack after Mister Freeze froze him in a block of ice. It's like, gosh, this show is just bleak. There's no sun in anything in this place. And Alfred's dead. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Another thing was that they kept doing the little title scroll. Gotham. San Francisco. And it was like, listen, if it's sunny, we know it's San Francisco. When <laughs> black and bodies on the floor, clearly Gotham. And the first episode also introduced us to the character we don't see for the next two issues episodes, which is kind of weird. So we get Tim Drake, our introduction to him. He seems cool and... You know, he's got his Batman sticker on his bike because he's a he's delivering food for his parents. Um, Asian Korean cuisine restaurant. I thought that was a cool touch. And um, in the comics, it's basically just Tim and his dad. But this one was cool because I like he has a black father and an Asian mother. And that was a nice dynamic there. So we've got something that's unique with this. And, you know, people are going to be like, you can't do this to Tim Drake. And people have been doing that for weeks. Um, <laughs> no, what? Um, but adding extra added is like, you just like, the, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a throwaway line when he's like, when somebody asked like, oh, he's a, you know, they were talking about Batman. He's like, oh, he's a freaking leather outfit. And then like, Tim's like, no, it's a, you know, composite. So he's like, no, Tim already is like, I kind of know what Batman does in 
getting Tim Drake to be the next Robin is like kind of like, hey, actually, I have been studying up on this dude. I can take over, right? If you, if you know, if, if you need me. If 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 we do have a need for it, one Tim Drake. I also I keep saying this, Ian Glenn, who plays Batman in this show, would be so much better suited to play Alfred. He looks like him. He's balding, old, like Alfred. And he basically just needs the mustache to be Alfred. And I feel like Titans probably needed Batman to be more of a boogeyman kind of character. Where he was just in the Batman suit. We never see Bruce Wayne. He's just like, what do you want? You know, doing the Christian Bale thing. And always in the Batman outfit. So when we see him through whatever flashbacks we have from Dick. He's just always in this crappy Batman mood. And he's never the kindly father figure that, you know, we, that he wanted to see. And I think they could have done a lot of Batman scenes that just keep him not Bruce Wayne. Because I think that killed the effectiveness of this take on Batman, who seems kind of incompetent and old and just out of it. That's not a bad thing, because it's like when you saw um, in the, I think it was the second to last episode of season one in Titans where Batman beats the hell out of Robin. Yeah. And it's like, oh shoot, this this dude, oh yeah, he could screw up. Like you know, he get, when he, all it takes is one bad day for him, he screws up. He does kill the Joker. That wouldn't have been a bad take, especially because like you're like, oh you know, uh, what's it, uh, Jason Todd, he's got he's this is the dude he's asking for you know fatherly advice. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. seems a little bit too old and non-threatening. Where it's like, man, that dude has to do a lot of work. Like the Ben Affleck Batman, he's older, but he doesn't look like some chump. He looks like he could go out there and throw throw some dudes around. Okay. Do do, do you what do you think about the guy who is playing um, Bruce Wayne on uh, Batwoman? Or do you did you even get that far? I mean, I don't. I feel like anyone is gonna look better, but I think we just needed somebody who you know like that Ben Affleck size and maybe even age so he's not so he still looks like he's noticeably older than dick but isn't so old that it's like oh come on man this guy ain't fighting anybody but isn't that the real like age difference for them between them because it's like it if it looks like it's one of those things where bruce stayed the same age and tim had this or tim dick had the soap opera growth spurt so, like, if, if Batman was 35 when he met Dick, Dick became 15 as Robin, then, like, 25 as a Teen Titan. And, yeah, so if he's 27 now, Bruce is probably, like, 42. That's some fuzzy math there, folks. Well, it's fuzzy math even for me. But but it, that's how it is in the comic. It's like he's not that much older than him now. Like he's caught up. Maybe it's 10 years. Maybe. Like, okay. So maybe you could I could like, I'm like, maybe you could say Bruce Wayne is 20 uh, when he, you know, goes to the circus. And uh, Dick is like 12 years old. So there's really not as much difference. So, but you know, it's like, hey, I, I, you know, I've had it, my first legal drink, and you know, I can tell you some things. And it's then probably that age difference with Obi Wan and Anakin, where how, from Attack of the Clones, where we see them, where he's noticeably younger, even though he's like as tall as him, 
So when in Revenge of the Sith, when they're like the same height, it's like, we know he's much older, even though Obi-Wan's got the more distinguished beard now to give himself more age or look a little older, where they're still, where he's still young to mentor this young kid who's still young, but now mm-hmm. is like an adult. Anyway, we got way too much in that. We got two more episodes. All right, so the next episode, they just immediately press fast forward on probably like half the season because I feel like this is this episode should have been near the end, but it's Titans, so I'm like, all right, whatever. Y'all don't, y'all have, y- y'all took your pace button and broke. Like, throw it out of here. We don't need this thing. I mean, right. who needs pacing? <laughs> so they just immediately went into Red Hood. He shows up and. I mean, basically, the whole episode is him starting to terrorize everybody, and the Titan's like, who is this cat? And then Dick is stupid, apparently. He's no longer the cool detective who worked with alongside Batman. Needs help from Scarecrow to get some really basic knowledge of, hey, that's, that clue makes sense. It's a chess move. So, I thought that was weird. What do you think? I didn't hate it, because, it, I mean, it's, I think we're using uh, Scarecrow, like, we didn't mention, like, Jason has this like PTSD moment of him falling out a window from last season, and he takes this some kind of toxin that makes him have no fear before he goes out and fights the Joker on his own. So, kind of bringing why we need to have Scarecrow in, even though he's not a major factor yet, but you see, it's like all right, him playing the Hannibal, like I said, him playing the Hannibal Lecter right now is a use for him. Before he turns on everybody, you know. Okay. It's, All right. So we'll see if that happens. Because if that's the case, then I'm fine with it. But if he just stays in prison the whole time, it's gonna be kind of weird. Yeah, it's Titans. That'll happen next episode. So <laughs> he's gonna turn on him. You know, he's gonna kill like half the Titans. I, I'm gonna tell you the episode title of episode four after we finish this next one. But it's oh, it's gonna awesome. be quite surprising. All right. So anyhow, so by the end of the episode, Dick is fighting Red Hood and he he breaks off a piece of the mask. And it's not a piece that he would really have to reveal himself, but he just does anyway. It's like, yo, it's me, it's Jason. And Tim's like, why do I keep saying Tim? Dick goes, Jason? And so we got this big reveal. That's something that we could have had the Titans fighting Red Hood for three or four episodes before that sequence happened. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, how did Jason come back? But it's like, yo, they, they act like everyone who watches Titans, has watched the TV, who's, who's, been a long-time comic book fan and knows everything they're doing. Yeah, I again, I, again, I, I will say this: their pacing is horrible on that. Is that was five episodes of the of the Red Hood terrorizing Gotham. He's, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, he's like, "Hey, I'm the boss of crime in Gotham." Now that there's no Batman, and it's like you don't even play that out at all. It's like, it's not everybody reports to the little hood, red hood, like criminals telling, Hey, I got to, I'm not the man anymore. I report to the red hood. It's like, he's just red hood. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm revealing myself as Jason. There's no time to miss Jason. Like, wow, Jason's gone. And who's this man dude who's doing Joker's, uh, first gimmick. Like there's no pacing on that. It, I mean, it's right now. It's a misfire on that. On not playing that out at least three or four episodes. I think Ludacris wrote a song about the Titans writers. Ludacris and Missy. Yeah. Anyway. 
Alright, thank you, thank you know what you want to talk about. Alright, so in episode three, oh. Hank and Dove. So, Hawk and Dove come back to the fold. It's always fun seeing Hawk and Dove, especially Hank, because I guess he's like that big brother to everybody. He's like they want to toss all that crap, but really is down for everybody. This was one of my favorite episodes of the Titans, but it, it started off with one of the dumbest things ever, because Jason calls, Hey, Hank, um drop everything don't tell anybody where where i am don't tell anybody we're going smash your phone up i mean dude i don't know where hank is getting cell phone budgets with his rent-a-cop bicycling around cop detail but has he bought a new cell phone lately those suckers are not cheap and i'm like see that to me is like whoa that may have been the most unrealistic thing i've seen in all time i'm like dude these phones are not cheap they're like eight hundred and nine thousand dollars crazy we got Batman budget now, okay? Listen. We got some extra assets running around here. <laughs> um, sell a gold watch or something. But yeah, so he does that. Then he gets, then Jason throws a bomb on him because he's stupid. And they did this really cool thing where Connor uses his x-ray vision. And this show actually understands Superman and the Superboy's powers. Hey, let's give him x-ray eyes, not, not purple eyes. It's just the little things. And he comes up with the specs for the thing and Dick is like, Alright, it's up to you. Defuse the bomb. And he's like, uh okay. But I've got to get it down to zero percent error. So it's like this this countdown against the clock deal. And throughout the episode, Hang is talking to the different members of the Titans. He has a really great scene with Gar with Dawn, who almost forgets that his if his heart rate goes up, he's gonna blow up. And then she tries to make him go up and it's just a mess. So yeah. Not the way to go, Don. No. And and Corey, which we haven't mentioned so far, is clearly being haunted by Ghost. I am waiting for her to pick up the phone and call Stentz, Bankman, and Zedmore. You know, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued to see with that, because I don't remember how that could have happened. I'll tell like, you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my theory after we wrap this after we wrap this part of it up. That's the Patreons. You can find out later on, folks. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you right now. Um, but yeah, so this reminded me of probably my favorite episode of 24, where Jack and CTU have like figured out a way to save Ryan Chappelle. They were like, we stopped evil Laurel's dad, and we've we've figured out a way to save him. And then it's like, nah, dude, you need to save Jack. You better kill him, or I'm blowing it all up. And Jack's like, what? Um, we, I'm not going to save the day here? Nah, dude, you better kill him. And he pulls the trigger, and Ryan is like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. It's really happening. So Dawn confronts Red Hood, and she's got a gun, and Jason wants her to shoot him. And Dick comes, don't shoot him, because he, he's, you can't trust him, and not this way, this isn't our way. Connor is working feverishly to try to get this thing done. He's down to like the single digits and right when he has it down to zero, Dawn pressures the trigger and Jason goes, oops, I gave you the detonator instead and boom. It was crazy. Crypto walk out and then just after holding Dude, that around. was so, oh my gosh. I was like, see, this is this is why you have dogs, people. Because the dog will be <laughs> right there with you till you blow up. I'm like, and this is why you have a super dog. It's even better. 
Yeah, crypto is amazing. Um, hey, they 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 actually figured out how to use uh, Superman better than uh, previous. A lot of previous iterations have done on that. I I mean, Hank is actually like one of my favorite characters because of, like you know he's a, a very layered story, and he is like you know the talks crap, but it's like when it comes down to it, it's like I do have your back. I you know I will listen. I'll rage and all this other stuff. But when you give me the right answer, I'll listen to you. I'm not an idiot. Except this episode, he didn't talk to A, Connor, Jason. It's like, this isn't my man. I don't really know I should trust him. And I already assume I shouldn't because he's already doing some dirt. Why don't y'all, I mean, like, Connor, can you fly? I mean, I don't know if you can fly. Yeah, can you just... It, it, that part was really, really dicey. It was probably the dumbest thing they've had any character do outside of Donna getting killed from an electrical wire. Um, that, was right. that was writing. That was writing. But, but yeah, this writing for Hank was bad because it's like there's so many ways around it. Hey, Gar, why don't you get on my shoulder as a mosquito and you can come? It was just there were ways around that. I think they could have had him get caught by Jason a different way. And they still could have came to the same end result, but Hank really had to be stupid to get him there. Yeah, him trusting somebody he does right. It, it's because it's, it's not. It, it was like if Dick somehow trusted him that much, it would be a little more believable. But a guy's like, "You're cool, but you're not like my man, man." And I'll, you know, I'll trust you after you might might have gone completely to the dark side. I don't know what's going on. I, like. Let me get somebody who can kind of has my back on, you know. I mean, hey, Dawn, just follow me four cabs away or something. Like, how is this dude knowing what I'm doing the whole time? It's just, yeah, that was... Yeah, it wasn't a good move. All right, so that's yeah. that. And that wraps up the first quarter of Titans. Episode four, the one that's going to come on at some point, three o'clock, <laughs> is entitled Blackfire. Which means we're going to focus on Corey's sister. And I think these visions she's having is from her sister's point of view. And she is somehow experiencing what her sister is. Because she's been imprisoned and they're experimenting on her. And she's going to find her via this mental telepathic connection they have. What say you? It's possible because uh, at the end of last season, they were... um, the guard, uh, Blackfire's guard was like, hey, she's coming for you eventually. It's just a matter of when, and you don't know when it's going to happen, but, you know, she's now ruling uh, the, the planet, so, and you are her direct, you know, rival at that point, so her dropping in a spaceship and getting caught, kind of exactly how Corey, like Corey got, when she got to her, she was disoriented and knocked out and, you know, didn't even remember her who she was, so her sister kind of having a bad landing in the same scenario sounds plausible well, she did land but I don't know what happened after that so yeah it was a crash land remember it was like fire all around fire black fire because she's black uh, just joking that's actually the name of the comic <laughs> just not taking it there at all alright yeah. so speaking of the show that I've gotten you sucked into let, let's go real fast Married at First Sight <laughs> I love this show. My wife hates me because I'm pausing it every two seconds or every two minutes because I want to discuss something. Can you believe she's doing that? What about this? What do you think of this? All right, real quick. Premise of the show, exactly as it says, married at first sight. Strangers meet on the altar. 
get married. And then over the course of the next eight weeks, they decide this person's crazy. This person's amazing. I want to stay with them. Uh, I think the show, this is season 13, and they have 11 couples out of 54 that are still together. Now, that number, that ratio is bad, even for my fuzzy math. But when you think about it, just the fact that they have, like, more than five is incredible. I mean, the, the thing actually works. They have a spinoff that I love, too, Couples Couch. This season is in Houston, Texas, and they've, they've got they get all kinds of points for diversity. We've got their first Asian couple. Uh, we have another Latino couple. That's great. We have a black couple. We have an Afro-Latinx couple. And we've got a white couple. But it's the ratio is great. And it's like, man, this is this is how TV should be on reality TV. The show this season has already started off very wild. Johnny and Bao, um, the Asian couple, they already met. They knew each other from college. And of all the couples, this is the one that I'm pulling for to make it on the couple's couch because I love just their interaction, how Johnny's like really funny and how Bao is that I'm sort of quiet and reserved until it's time to party that I am partying out, suckers. They're, they're fun. I mean, it's, it's like you, you see kind of other ones ha- could have their struggles, but you really are like, you guys seem like nice people. I would hope you guys find success in this. Yeah, because it, it's really cool watching couples couching watching or couples cam and seeing the couples who've gone through it have really you know had these long you know regular life marriages with issues but are really enjoying being with each other that's fun and i and i feel like when the show works watching the successful couples is like watching a romantic comedy in real time yeah it's because my dvr picks it up too i too watch couples cam it is like Oh, okay. Like you know, like a like guess a couple from uh, DC that actually made it. Jessica Nelson. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, we made it. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And it is especially like kind of like you. It's almost like when you see those couples, it's like you. It's almost like kind of you when you see the couples that work. You're like, I can see how y'all made it. It's, I mean, like you have real problems, like every every couple has, but it's like. Oh, we at least got the straight up like, oh, I dig this person. All these boxes are really checked. There's no, we think opposites are attracted. It's like this kind of, we're both on the same track and, you know, we just got different ways of getting there. And those, and just, it's like, those are cool couples to see. And it's like, so. It's I, funny. When it, just, when it, what was your question? I was going to say, but who is your, who's the couple, the couple we think is going to, uh, a rooting for, Who's the couple of you are kind of like, I don't think this is work, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. Who's that couple for you? I don't have just one. So I have two. My first one is Zach and Michaela because, I mean, they, they kind of showed us later on that Michaela loses her stuff and just goes off. And Zach is like, peace out, hombre. I'm out of here. Um, Yeah. Those two, I think, are going to be wild. So this episode, we learned that Zach has COVID on their honeymoon, which is probably, short of a visit from Aunt Flo, the worst way to spend a honeymoon. And 
But it's cool in the sense that, you know, we're showing real life and COVID is still the reality for a lot of people. And even if you watch your a magical honeymoon, it gets ruined because somebody has COVID. And so she had to go back to Houston. She wasn't happy. They kept making a point to show her in the background. They would like pause and like, doo, doo, doo. like mean hug face. Like, Ow. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So I think it's funny when I kind of feel like the producers don't like someone because he did it with Christina Henry's wife where every time she says something they like keep showing her being like super mean to the producers where they never show anybody doing that oh i'm not gonna say that but i gotta say is this gonna because that's all i'm doing it's like oh okay really showing your bad oh, side yeah, here. being like because it was like uh what's her face from uh last season michael was it no page and chris what was yeah chris like days i mean like chris you could just like all right yeah we we, we can't put we have to show this guy who is because we cannot show you edited polish. We got to show you his like stupid off the cuss. Hey, I know there's mics on me, but I'm going to whisper in your ear and turn the bathroom uh, water on. Just so they can hear. I, you know, I re- he was really pissing me off with that. I was like, listen, you're on a reality show. Stop trying to game the reality show system. Come out of the bathroom so we don't have to have transcriptions of what you're saying, sucker. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I was saying that uh, maybe that you and I have something special. We just have to and stop, Chris. Just, just stop. Go back to Mercedes. Just end all the trouble for all of us. Okay, thank you. All right, so my and other one. Like... Yeah, so my other one is Gil and Merla, and that is like one hundred percent because Gil does not give zero. He didn't care. It's hilarious because this dude, this this also feels like a reality show. I mean, like a romantic comedy where it's like he's a free spirited fireman, she's a pampered princess. Will true love shine? Oh, you know, it's like this dude. He was clowning her when when he was hanging out with every, all the other couples and she was working. He made the volleyball with her face with the super extended lashes, which was hilarious. He just put her on blast. He's like, yeah, my wife is high maintenance. He he, he has no filter. It is so hilarious. Oh, gosh, it is so funny it, listening to him. I think it was um, Jose's wife. She's like, man... If Marla comes down and hears this, she's gonna have some choice. Yeah, yeah, that was was, she's gonna have some choice words. That, that was Brad. Like, <laughs> it was so funny because it's just like, uh, bruh, you're jumping out there. That, it's like hilarious. It's like, but it, I think it's like very much like if you say I can buy this as a romantic comedy movie versus Jennifer Lopez uh, made in Manhattan. Right. Like, this can be funny. It's like, yes. and then the she she know she comes up to him at the firehouse like, oh my gosh, kid, I love you. Oh, oh, it works out. But in real life, Marla <laughs> is a mess. But it's kind of what I, I think is interesting about her. She she is she has an awareness of her messiness. She's like, yeah, I, I'm I'm spoiled. I throw tampers, timber tantrums. And it's like most of the time, people who do that kind of stuff aren't aware. Which I think is really odd because she's like, I'm not changing who I am, but just because I know that I do this stuff. And that's like when he was like, man, you're bougie. Like, he doesn't care. He says stuff to her face. So that's why she can't get mad if he says something when she's not around because he'll say it right to her. It's like she was like, you know, it's it's playful banter, but it's like, yes, uh, truth can be playful. Uh, yeah. But. It's it, it, it's it's going to come down to like when you go back off the honeymoon when you got to go back to work and somebody comes and she's like that's probably not going to fly in 
it's gonna be their their scenarios are gonna be a little so like oh I would not want to live next to them because they'll be like man I don't care it's just his just not he doesn't care it, that that's what makes it so fun because he he's not like normal dudes like who like oh man she's so pretty I can't say a word no he's like Psh, whatever now, I think <laughs> it was like Brett I think Brett which is like um she she basically like yeah that kills he's a nice guy I'm like. <laughs> So just, <laughs> what, he, he's not bad, huh? <laughs> you wouldn't mind getting changed in that one, huh? Great hair. <laughs> so I kind of, I'm kind of rooting for Brett and Ryan because I think they did a much better job of getting older people this time. I think maybe they've learned their lesson. Let's not have twenty mid mid twenty folks who think they're ready to get married. Let's get people who are at that. I really need to get married right now. I mean, like if you if you basically watch an episode of The Bachelor and then you see them flash their ages like twenty one, you know, twenty three, it's very much like you don't you don't need a, a husband or wife, you need life experience. Right. Like, so having people with life experiences, like yo, I have dated like uh, Johnny. I've been on a hundred first dates. That is too many first dates. That, like, that's too many first dates. I yeah, but it's Johnny says like hey. I see it. I see a minor red flag. I'm out of here. I, I, I may pay for the check. I, I don't know. That's, like, a, that's what I'm saying. It, that, that's, ex, that's expensive. <laughs> Unless what? he's meeting all of them in Starbucks. Hey, man. He, he, I mean, that's a whole lot of coffee to spend. Right. But I think, they, like I think, like I said, they learned, like, hey, skew to people who are really not looking last chance at love, but, like, people who actually would be much more serious about it. Yeah. Like, hey, I know my... I'm not a match, but I know my flaws. I know I can be open about who I am, and if you just give me this little push, I can probably make it all work. Yeah. I think that... that especially when you gave that percentage, it's like, you would want to see more people succeeding. It's like... I mean, you don't want to see, like, last year's couple scam, and then, what was it, after the end, before all the episodes, only one of those couples actually succeeded in staying together yeah. at the end of couples. And, like, so you'd want to see them five years down the road versus, oh, uh, we just wanted to get paid for couple scam, and then we, we, we called it quits. Yeah, that that's, that's lame. Like, I want to see, I, it's cool seeing Doug and Jamie, because they've been on... You know, they they were doing like a year. The season was a year. Now it's like we, it's so popular. Let's do two or three in a year. Um, but they were they've been married for seven years, and then they have couples that are five and four. So it's like it's really cool seeing that it works for some couples, and they've stayed together, and they're just like doing normal married life stuff, have kids, and moved, and all that stuff. It's cool. I mean, like Jamie, like when you if you watch their season, you're like, oh, they got no chance. <laughs> But then it's like it's like you're all y'all need is just that one little tweak and y'all will be fine. And it's like somehow they got that tweak and just like we're good. Yeah, because it, it's funny because it's like I I was like oh poor Doug man he's doing all this stuff and she is just not even feeling him at all. But then on the honeymoon he's just like, Psh. and I feel like Gil and Merla could be that crazy surprise couple. Like they would be the ones that I'm not gonna not going to say is there's no chance because I feel like this dude is taking a bulldozer he's like oh you got some walls 
breaking them suckers down. And I feel like she has some walls up to be like, nah, I'm cold and bitter and all this stuff. But maybe it's somebody like Gil's personality. She's like, I'm just going to keep pushing because I don't care. And I'm loving life. And I have this happy attitude on things. Maybe. Maybe. Like, it, the, the interesting how they had to share trauma of losing their father. Yeah, that was it's like, terrible. that is like, I mean, like, as they say, it's like, that's a horrible foundation to have with somebody, but it's like, if you, I mean, that's like, hey, we at least understand that part of life, and we, we, it, maybe even in our bad, we can kind of get through that, because it's like, you know, I remember what it was like in your scenario, like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that could be fun with carries them through, and it's like, okay, this could be, I mean, as much as we, I joke about them, like, because Marla is hilarious with her bougie-ness. I mean, of course, I, I actually I completely agree with her on that whole hotel. That yeah, hotel was that. like, I, I was like, you know, they pay for all this stuff for these people. And, I mean, I feel like in a non-pandemic, sure, this is not ideal. But right now, that's probably the best. I mean, the the, the joys for last season, they, they went to Vegas. That was lame. <laughs> it was way lame. Like, it was like lady, really Vegas. You're literally like, there's a pool, and it's us. Yeah, that's, lame. that's not good. I mean... That's not good. That was... It's like, hey, we go to dinner. It's lame. Oh, we got a whole table to gamble, but there's nobody else in the casino. Yeah. Lame. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather have a beach, but that hotel was... I was 100% with my life. There's a senior citizen <laughs> home. You're Come on, too. I admit that, too. <laughs> like, I got Yes. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wash this nail for kind of like how, how I stopped caring about the Bachelor and Bachelorette, but see who's better suited to go on Bachelor in Paradise, which started. I need to watch that on my DVR too. Um, so I'm looking to see who I would enjoy watching on Couples Camp. So clearly Johnny and Bao, but I feel like Gil and Merla would be hilarious to keep watching because Gil is Gil is like a TV show character. Like. Uh, I could see him like Jose though, man. I don't know about him. I've re- <laughs> that brother is like, hey, can I brush your teeth for you? Yeah, that brush your teeth for so me. <laughs> I thought he was joking. He was like, no, nah, I'm serious. I'm dead, dead serious. I want to brush your teeth. I want you to feed me. I want to feed you. <laughs> that I was like, hey, I, she, she ain't wrong. <laughs> they should <laughs> call him asbestos because he is a smothering blanket. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, dude. Let's find all of the breaks and hard push. Let's let's tone it it down a bit. I mean, hey, hey, you want to talk about finances, where we're going to move? Okay, these are conversations to have. Yeah. But, yeah, I need, you know, teeth brushing first day in the honeymoon. I can manage that. All right. We we talked a lot. Last thing. Um, AEW has been teasing this and I talked to a wrestling fan slash fellow movie critic of mine who was who's been telling me about all these these sneaky things that AEW has been teasing so they've mentioned the best in the world and they also have said um like Kenny Omega wore a cookie monster shirt when or two weeks ago and that was one reference that one CM Punk used to refer to the CM and that's what that stood for. And he also said CM stands for chick magnet. So this week, Kenny Omega, Omega had a chick magnet t-shirt on. So it's just all these funny things where it's like, 
<laughs> They're teasing stuff. And Luke Gallows had on a Ric Flair style robe. And it's just like they're teasing all these, like, hey, who's coming? Who's not coming? So, but if they are, if they're going to do the world's greatest troll job, unless that's the case, we're going to see CM Punk show up tomorrow in Chicago for AEW Rampage. What's your thoughts? CM Punk show up in Chicago. It could happen. It's possible. I mean, I mean, I mean, as long as, long as they have him come out uh, close to personality, I'll be cool. Well, Tony uh, Khan has no problem buying licensed music, so I am one million percent sure he will do that because that's CM Punk's theme song. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, again, the interesting thing about CM Punk is he has not wrestled in a number of years. He tried UFC, and that against him. More power to him. It didn't work out there. I'm wondering how the current roster is like, okay, you got a lot of these good older veterans, but how does it work around? How do we get some of these programs to work? Like as much as we talked about, like, I guess the Vince Russo era of WCW, he was trying to figure out how to use the young and old talent to get the younger talent over. I'm wondering if now... AEW is about to hit that point because especially it's like, A, they're going to get uh, CM Punk, but then the next person everyone assumes they're going to get is Daniel Bryan. And it's like, or what's Bryan Danielson. Bryan Danielson. That's right. Switch them up. Um, so they, everybody's assuming they're going to get him. I mean, at least Dan, I mean, Bryan Danielson uh, has wrestled in a while and should not have any ring rust and you don't have to get. All you just need him is to do his promos, have some matches with some guys. But CM Punk, you're probably going to have to have a couple more matches. I'm not so sure if you've been watching AEW. These fans are going to lose their collective minds. And he could go out and fall on his face in a match. And they'd still be like, you've still got it. This is awesome. They, they, it won't even matter. I mean, he could just he could, he could could literally do his normal thing in, at half speed, in slow motion. And they'd be literally falling all over themselves this is so amazing if they had pearls to clutch they would be gr- they would be choking them jeff are you trying to say the AEW fans are marks you know they're, they're just super excited and cm punk is a guy who has been out of the spotlight of wrestling for so long that it's probably going to be one of those all-time crazy pops so they're going to be excited and AEW is going to be excited because it's yet another thing where they can go screw you Vince we got somebody that just said screw you Vince I don't want any part of your promotion but I will come to these guys as an extra ice cream bar up the you know whatever to you so I mean yeah big stuff I mean the good the good thing about CM Punk is you as much as I say he might have some ring rust you've got a guy who's a great promo and yeah. Yeah, he that is something that's something that AEW probably needs. It's like somebody who can literally be like, hey, you know, let's kind of, I mean, like when they have John Moxley on, like when he first was coming on, it was very good. Like, oh, thank you. Give me some content. Listen, when I'm, I don't know, know if you, you didn't watch, you didn't watch Wednesday's show. So you didn't, you didn't hear John Moxley's promo. John Moxley was like, oh my gosh. I feel like the show quality in terms of the main event picture has dipped dramatically since he's not the champ anymore doing his fighting champ going after everybody 
And the Omega thing is okay because they're just making it about the elite. They're doing like this bootleg version of the NWO where everybody interferes in their matches. It's not as much fun. Watching the Four Horsemen stuff is like the Horsemen did a lot of damage before the match. <laughs> These guys are just like, let's troll everybody and use all 18 people at ringside to help. And it's like, okay, that's, that's one way to do it. But then they always end up winning their matches semi-clean. So it's kind of this weird dynamic. But anyway, Moxley cut this super promo like basically calling out all these people come in there like listen you know hangman page is still can't get over his behind the being the elite drama his emo drama it's it was great you gotta find that on youtube because it was it was golden great stuff those two going back and forth is gonna be really great i'm curious how many wwe feuds they can avoid because punk has already fought jericho he's fought moxley as part of the shield He's fought Daniel Bryan. Has he? Maybe. Maybe not. I think they teamed up against the Shields. I don't know if they actually fought too much in WWE. He fought Christian. So they're going to have a lot of things to avoid. And there's not a lot of guys on CM Punk's level in this. I mean, just from his superstar level. Um, They can't have him fight Darby because he should beat Darby. He should beat Jungle Boy. So those are two guys who you take off right away. Cassidy. I think they could have an interesting feud because Punk would just go off, and that could be fun. Oh. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they incorporate him. But yes, it's going to be very interesting. All right, well, that's that. So we're looking forward to tonight because it's now midnight beyond. Let's go. Super fast. Dummy of the Week. Who you got? Uh, uh, I'm going to say my Dummy of the Week is a certain tech company uh, that tried to uh, basically cut out the reason anybody knows their name. Uh, you know, to keep this a PG show, uh, I'm not going to mention the name, but uh, chances are you're, you know, you knew somebody who may have uh, done a video or thought about a video to make some extra cash um, on this site, and now they will not be doing what they were famous for. So my unnamed dummy of the week is the certain tech company that you've seen in the news today. OF, OF, OF. <laughs> Okay, my dummy of the week is the WWE because not only are they seeing all of these great superstars show up on AEW and Impact, they decided to add some more people to the roster because, I mean, they already let go of Bray Wyatt, but they let go of so many people from NXT, including Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Tyler Russ, Mercedes Martinez. Yes, it's just stupid. And the worst part is... They did. And the worst part is they're getting rid of people who are in the middle of storylines, who are who they've been pumping up on NXT, building up, and all of a sudden, yeah, they're gone. Like, Fish was fighting Diamond Mine, and they got rid of him, and they got rid of Tyler Russ, who was also in Diamond Mine, a faction that just debuted, like, four weeks ago. And they, they did, like, these long video, like, Diamond Mine is coming. It's like, who the heck's Diamond Mine? They think they did it for, like, a month at least. And then they show up, and then before the next month Tyler Russ is gone so it's like you know one third of the team and faction's already gone but it's so dumb because they're like they're just killing NXT they had Karen Cross who's still the who was the undefeated NXT champion show up on Raw lose to Jeff Hardy who hadn't done anything in months and then he he gets he comes back the next week beats Keith Lee the third week, he loses to Keith Lee. And it's like, what are you idiots doing? Nobody on NXT beat Karrion Cross, And I don't care, because I don't think he's that awesome a champ. I think they've just squandered all the goodwill they have once Keith Lee lost to him. 
Then Finn Balor came back and restored the title to some glory, and that was great. And they're like, "No, nah, we're all on in. We're all in with Karrion Cross in NXT." And then Raw is just like, "Screw Karrion Cross. We're just gonna have him lose because he's an NXT jobber." So, super. Did you see that match? Uh, I, I actually watched. I don't want to draw. No, I mean I watched when Jeff Hardy. I'm like, you did not just have it. It's like you're supposed to be getting your guy to come up drop the title miraculously because he doesn't need it. You're going to have him literally lose his debut match. It's like, are you just, it's like, it was basically like, I don't know if Triple H is still running that place, but it's basically like, F you Triple H. And then now, I think the next, I thought you were going to mention, they're not even doing live crowds anymore for NXT. That's fine. Like, I mean, that, that's not a big deal because it's like they taped and they had good stuff then. And the quality of the joint is, is just terrible because you never know when somebody gets called up and they're just going to immediately stop. Like, Austin Theory was part of this really fun faction, The Way, with Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. And then, presumably, he's called up. So they're like, yo, we don't know where Austin went. Austin just went off. I mean, it's like, no, that's stupid. Just finish off stuff. End angles. Because I thought that the way to end The Way storyline, the way to end The Way, was to have Indy and Austin fight Candice and Johnny. We're never going to get that. And it's just like, he, he's ran off because he's so stupid. But he's not going to be this dummy on Raw. He's going to be like super smooth and, and cool. And they're going to be like, uh, this is not the same guy on NXT. Which we watch because they promote these shows, which is just stupid. It's all on USA. Yeah. It's not even like, you got to go. I mean, like, at least when it was on like a streaming service, you could maybe have the fiction then. Yeah. I'm not paying money. That you probably know I'm already paying to watch a guy on two of the same promotion. Yeah. Now it's just stupid. Like, and the dumb thing is, they had Cross lose to Hardy after a five-way match, where he could have easily lost the title without being pinned. And instead, he wins, so he's undefeated. And he goes, and it's like, y'all are so freaking stupid. That's the easy way. I mean, easy like, how many way. times did Charlotte lose titles or any of those Every guys time. lose titles? Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're about to take a break. Hey, Charlotte, you want to lose the title to never get pinned, and then you can claim your rematch when yeah. you get back in three and then months. Take the title. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's too much. We've got Titans to watch. We've got uh, NXT takeover this weekend. SummerSlams this weekend. In case you care, one iota. CM Punk shows up on Rampage, so it's a huge, busy weekend of wrestling. And yeah, we'll be back to discuss that. And anything else worth exciting, worth mentioning? Maybe Sebastian Stan will return for Captain America 4. Who knows? Crazier things will happen. But thank you as always for rolling with me, bro. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode of Loud's Movie Files has been filed.